Have we finally made it out of January that lasted here into July? I mean, it hasn't been fun for anybody. But it's been really frustrating for people trying to get their raspberry harvests going here in in western washington it's been you know rough for the strawberry folks too and you know we've been talking a little bit about the it's 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 always rough in june for those strawberry guys though they're 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 more used to it but uh the red raspberry harvest much bigger here in washington than the strawberry harvest um in this day and age and it's been a very difficult start with this past week of off and on rain raspberries don't like rain um they don't necessarily like it hot but this has been too cool um and i'm hearing from you know folks all over that they're just sweating it hoping we can get through this and we can get to some good picking it's hurt fruit quality it's uh caused some mold issues uh, in the fruit, you know, wet bushes, and especially if a day ends up being kind of muggy or, you know, moist, um, humid after as it warms up after a rain, that's not good. Um, so we're hoping that doesn't continue. But are we finally through this bad weather? It's really important to the local farming community. And, you know, there's been off and on weather issues all over the state, kind of a weird last month or two. Joining us right now with the Weather Cafe, Rufus Lalone. He's down in Oregon. And you guys haven't gotten the worst of it down there, have you? It hasn't been nearly as rainy down there as it has been up here. Oh, not at all, Dylan. And and good morning, everybody. It's been a pretty decent june down here we've had some rain early on like everybody did but it cooled off uh, and stayed cloudy on and off sunshine in the afternoon which is a type of pattern that is really good for berries in northwest you just haven't had it hit you yet really looks good once we get through the fourth of july which is traditionally the turning point in the northwest to get out of clouds and rain uh, it should look much more favorable going through next week well, that is welcome news to a lot of folks, and certainly the the red raspberry folks out there uh, at the front of the line cheering that news. <laughs> Explain, and, and you talked a little bit of, about this in the last few weeks on the Weather Cafe, what has been going on, and particularly up here in the northwest corner of the state why have we just been in this pattern? I, you know, Seattle media f- has been talking about how we were in this pattern for a while where it was nice during the weeks. And then every weekend we get a shot of rain and cloudy weather. And then even for the last week or more here, we've gotten almost constant poor weather with just these short glimpses of blue sky here and there. Why is this happening to us? Well, there's all kinds of scientific explanations that nobody wants to hear. There's the old <laughs> school thought years ago. I remember when I was learning meteorology back in the 70s, uh, the, school, the, the rule of sevens and 14s. And typically what that means is when you have a high-pressure ridge, um, and I'll go, the meteorologists that study this for a living are going to scream at me. But, hey, I just base this on reality. You yeah. typically have a seven-day or a 14-day pattern especially in you know, late spring into early fall. And so with that pattern we had earlier, the, the high-pressure ridge that brought beautiful weather and nice weather for the northwest would sit there for five, six days, and it would move a little bit, and then we'd get those rainy periods over the top of this ridge that's off to the west in the Pacific Ocean, and that would be fall right on the weekends. Then it'd go right back to another five, six days. So it's not exactly seven days, but it, it's frustrating because we had many weekends, even down here in Oregon where it just rained. 
now we're in a pattern where it may be shifting a little bit because we have the 4th of July coming up and berry harvest goes through the holidays, as you know. So right now the pattern is looking like we may get into a 14-day a type pattern. Uh, the, the situation is meteorologically, there's a high-pressure ridge, which I call upside-down bowls, that's mm. over the Pacific Ocean. In the summer, it tends to move close enough to the West Coast that we may have some marine uh, clouds in the morning. It clears off in the afternoon. It may shift a little bit further west, and we get some hot spells for three or four days. But that's what we normally have. This ridge has been a little bit further west and a little further south in the Pacific so that the, the moist, wet systems go right over the top of the ridge and just come along and clip the northwest corner of the northwest, and guess where you guys are? Mm. The northwest corner of the northwest. <laughs> and see, we get these drizzly, rainy days. It's not really super wet, but it's not dry at all. And having worked in berries for 38 years, it's the last thing you want to have <laughs> last after the 4th of July. We've had bad starts and end up having wonderful berry seasons. If we do get some significant heat by the middle of July, this moisture will have been a blessing early on. Yeah, and and there are, there are a lot of people, and I mean, thinking about the folks over in eastern Washington who they've gotten some shots, and you know, the it's been really rough. I know for the cherry folks, they don't like yes, that indeed. rain, but there's been rain in spots that don't normally hardly see any rain this time of year. That I'm thinking of the dryland farmers and the you know wheat and stuff like that in different places. They've been really happy about it. So yeah, I <laughs> guess there's both sides of that coin when we get that moisture falling out of the side out of the sky. Rufus Lalone with the Weather Cafe, a longtime meteorologist as well as involved in the food and, and particularly the fruit business quite a bit. He's an entomologist as well, knows all about bugs, is with us right now here on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on, on KGMI News Talk 790. You know, oftentimes we talk to Rufus when it's uh, storm season in the winter too here on, on the radio, but lately it hasn't necessarily been a big storm, but it's been the kind that certainly has grabbed a lot of people's attention here like gosh when is this going to quit and cold too i don't know if you've been watching the temperatures we've been having up here rufus but i mean there are afternoons where we're still in the 50s you know and and a lot of days just barely cracking 60 degrees or a little bit over what's what's is that all part of the same phenomenon with that high pressure ridge just pushing the bad weather to us Yes, it ridges ridges to the north, um, west of us, and that means that the any cold air or weather systems that fall along that boundary line between high and low systems uh, in the winter time, that's when we get our colder air outbreaks as the ridge goes north, and this cold air comes out of Canada right down the coast and hits the northwest. Now we're in a similar pattern, but it's summertime, and we're getting those weak weather systems that go over the top of that ridge and flow right down the edge. It's kind of like a wave or concentric wave in water when you throw a pedal. Those waves in the atmosphere do continue for thousands and thousands of miles. The storm systems that hit us on the west coast have a direct impact on weather down in the east and the east and the northwest, mm -hmm. excuse me, the northeast and down the south depends on the jet stream. So we've got to get this pattern to ship just a little bit closer to the coastline. The models are showing that happening as we go through this weekend. So we should get uh, milder temperatures, not super warm, but you don't want that after this weather of rain. So we'll get some milder temperatures going the next week. You'll probably have clouds up there in the morning. Don't be surprised if there isn't some drizzle a couple days. Uh, the next shot of any type of a drizzly day, maybe Thursday, Wednesday night and Thursday next week. Yeah. But after that, it looks like it's going to continue to warm and, and continue to be dry. And if we get any heat wave or heat effect at all, 
it would come the week of the 13th through 17th towards the end of that week. But that's a long ways out, but that's what the models show now that that weekend, two weeks from now, we could be in the, you know, 95 down here and in the nineties up there, but then you'll be two weeks into harvest and folks will be taking that a lot easier. Yeah. And, and as much as I, I feel right now, like, gosh, we could just use some summer. That hot weather sounds nice, you know, <laughs> complaining about it when it shows up. And that could also be damaging for the fruit harvest, too, as it makes it tough to size up fruit. Um, it can cause sunburn if we have a yes. lot of hot sun, and, and it can cause things to shrivel on on the canes. Um, yeah, especially blueberry growers. That, yeah. you know, the blueberries really be getting heavy later in July. and that type of weather is always nasty for blueberries, especially early on. It makes the IQF quality uh, go down. Yeah. And so we got our fingers. Believe it or not, here we are sitting as we're just finally rid of the, the drizzle, the drizzle that seems so constant over the last many days, and we're already worrying about it getting too warm. But, uh, hey, a nice balance is what we need. I can hear my dad's, my, my dad, the raspberry grower's voice uh, in my head right now as we're talking about it. It's the air movement. The air movement, that's key. We just need a, a nice breeze to dry these bushes out before we get that muggy mold weather um, that often happens between a rainy period and a warm-up. And and that that will kind of make or break everything. But that's that's very, you know, regional and, and even more um, sensitive to real specific local climates, yeah. right? Whether you well, get we a little breeze onshore. or not. Yeah, onshore flow, and that's one thing that'll be our advantage in the berry industry the next week or two is that onshore flow will uh, will be there, so it'll blow off some of this moisture. There's no storm system necessarily, except that one maybe next Thursday, but it's not really a storm. It's this weak ridge pattern, but that that pattern gives us that after onshore winds in the afternoon and uh, keeps things cool. And that's one reason that red raspberries do so well up in Linden area because we do have these mild, cool afternoons. It's just been too cold and too wet right now. But this has happened to us before, and we pull it off. We end up having decent yields. So let's just hope that pattern continues. Now, what to back up again a little bit? What happened? Because I know early mid June we were watching this, and I'm reading your blogs at the Weather Cafe. By the way, it's at ovs.com, folks. If you want to check it out, go to ovs.com. Right up there on the top menu bar, you'll see the Weather Cafe. Weather is abbreviated WX, by the way, so it's WX Cafe. Little symbol up there at the top. Check it out. He uh, updates it Monday mornings and Friday mornings. Uh, Lord willing, um, our guest Rufus Lalone here, that's been his thing for a long, I just noticed copyright two th- or 1994, uh, to 2020. So that's a long time yep. that you've been, been doing the weather cafe. So I've been following there and it, we kept having these weather models kind of make promises that they couldn't keep. It seemed like where it looked like things were about to turn around and then we'd get more rain. Yeah, there's folks that do this for a living. I do this as an advocacy. Um, But, you know, I've I've done it for a long time, and I do it because I get feedback from folks like you and and growers in your area and the industry. There's probably close to 40,000 folks that follow the Weather Cafe. I I forecast as a tool in the toolbox, and Dylan, your audience knows over the years we've done these things with storm. Sometimes the situation doesn't develop, but we want people to be ready just in case. On the heat setup, we thought, well, if it gets up to 95 to 100, yeah. Uh, we thought it would show up later next week. People need to be ready for that. They all irrigate now, but you want to do a different type of deep water irrigating, especially the, the folks that have more control of that. But right now, the, the models have – I've been very frustrated myself with the weather models since sometime last fall. 
And I'm not sure all the reasons. I've heard some uh, scientists say they've, they've been tweaking a little bit of the computer programming. Mm. That may be part of it. Um, we're all getting better at this, and the computers are amazingly accurate. As you know, we may be off a few days on some of these things because the computers, but overall, the trends have been pretty standard, what we expect. Yeah. But when we want it to be dry and it's wet for four more days, that sounds like the end of the world, even though it's been four days. So that's I'm not mocking your situation up there. Yeah, it's no. just sometimes that variance is very, very small when you think of it in large climate patterns. But at the same time, um, we have to go with what we know, and what we know are these models of amazing accuracy looking out two, two and a half weeks, which is what we go from. And in a lot of, I mean, people are always complaining, all these weather forecasters, that and who else is it? They say weather forecasters and somebody else can always be wrong and keep their job. Uh, Politicians. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, and I've heard others too, but I'm sure you've heard every last jab at weather forecasters (laughs) ever thought up over your years of meteorology. (laughs) But... In a lot of ways, I, I was think, trying to think objectively about this because I've been prone too to think, ah, they didn't get it right again. Ah. But, you know, 20 years ago even, there yeah. wasn't this level of knowledge about what could be coming our way and certainly wasn't this level of accuracy. Yeah, it's not perfect yet. It's far from it. But let's think about what things... Back when you started the Weather Cafe in 1994... What what was the standard then as far as being able to predict this stuff? I would imagine it's it's nothing like what we see today. It, the models were pretty accurate, and the accuracy learnings that I, I consider pretty reasonable to forecast off of three to five days out. In fact, anybody that's watched TV for a long time will know how this has happened. Now on the TV weather forecasts, which all of them now are typically a licensed and certified meteorologist, which is good. 30 years ago, some of them were just spokespeople and they were yeah. reading the teletype. But what they know now, they, they can show up. You Now they're showing you seven to 10 day outlooks because yeah. back in the day, we're talking about 20, 30 years ago, you couldn't forecast that far ahead because no models could even come close. Mm. So it'd be two or three days. And it was five days. Um, and then you have to add the variable of the climate of where we are. We have mountain ranges. We have the ocean. You guys have the Puget Sound. You have the uh, British Columbia mountains in the Pacific Ocean, all these variables are now being programmed into computer models, where in the past it was just based on a flat plane, mm-hmm. and then you had to adjust it according to mountains and oceans. And of course, in the Northwest, we worry about the Fraser Gap and the Columbia River Gorge in our winter outbreaks. Um, so those are the types of patterns that are now being programmed into more of the computers. We're still, still looking out two, three weeks, and the only data we have is what the airplane uh, barometers tell us and that the ships on the surface of the ocean we don't have cross sections of the atmosphere because they don't launch weather balloons, you know, 400 miles off the coast. Right. So then that limits how far out you can actually see, quote unquote. Yes, we need to see a slice of the atmosphere. And if you don't think that's true, we got great satellite pictures, the thermodynamics looking at the clouds and temperatures to see where rain is is wonderful. We all use that every day. But if you don't think that we can just do it from that, look at what happened with heat hurricanes. They sent those guys and gals risked hmm. their life to fly into those hurricanes to drop a sone, a device to measure the barometric pressure vertically in the atmosphere to get a real picture of what that live cell is, if you know what I mean. The hurricane is alive. And so, you know, as it's functioning in the physics, they get a better idea. Our storms are larger scale, but we still don't always have a sone that measures the atmosphere vertically from the top to the bottom of a storm out in the Pacific. 
and your computers are forecasting that over time where it's going to go, how it's going to go. And it makes it a challenge. But it, the fun part of this is nobody knows you're going to be right. And when you are, you sound like you're a hero. And when you're wrong, <laughs> it's typical, right? <laughs> but I'm not afraid to talk to you and let folks know what's going on because overall, um, it still helps us guide our planning and know what to do, especially in agriculture. It's always a challenge. And I try to focus more on that than some of the TV folks do. And I'm not dissing them. They do a good job, too. Yeah, but I mean, they're trying they're getting giving getting and giving information for a totally different audience. You know, the, the yes. people, the most of the people that listen to them and follow what they're doing care about different things than the farming community does so and, and that tends to be your focus is is agriculture with what you're doing with your meteorology rufus lalone is with us right now on the farming show here on kgmi um gosh there's all the science we've we've talked about this so many times some of it comes down to experience though as well like you talk about these things being added into the computer models you know long time ago forecasters were probably able with you know, years and years of doing it to kind of mentally had those things in themselves because they had Correct. seen it before. Yes. But, you know, some people will say, well, this is the hardest place in the world to, to forecast the weather. Is that true? I would imagine it's just the most about wonderful any, place. <laughs> I would think any, we really have weather. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I would think there are a, a lot of places in the world that are very difficult to, to predict <laughs> what's going to happen next with the, with the weather. I, I, I was doing some uh, forecasting for the uh, the California Raisin Board, and uh, it was fun doing that. Cause, but they don't have a lot of weather in the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. So it was mainly when temperatures would be a factor, but mainly humidity to dry the raisin crop down. And, and it was a lot of fun because they really don't have a lot of weather, which, you know, something going on up there in the atmosphere, just yeah. sunny and warm and hot every day. Um, so it, it was kind of an interesting venture we did for a couple of years. And uh, the gentlemen and ladies down there farming in, in the grape industry, they appreciate it. So uh, it, it's really a challenge doing this anywhere in the world. And our models look at a lot of different areas. And look how complicated it is just getting Bellingham area right while I'm forecasting the Columbia <laughs> River right. Because I cover yeah. Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, Idaho, Washington, Montana. Um, a lot of patrons uh, do a lot of fishing in the industry up there in Alaska. Now, they have their own specialty for the marine forecast. But they, they typically follow this. I know the, uh, the ships that go up and down the Columbia River for hauling grain. Yeah. Um, they like the weather cafe. The f feedback is if I don't put some humor in there, they're disappointed. But <laughs> <laughs> weather can be funny, as you know, right? You're yeah. getting wet. We're getting yeah, sun right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> well, sometimes anyway. all you can do is laugh because there's nothing else left. Nothing. Um, <laughs> so, and if people are just joining us, you know, and we have just 30 seconds left here. So what's the upshot? It sounds like we're, we're going to be working our way out of this wet pattern up here in the northwest corner of the state, and, and better days are on the way. Yes, it is. Next week should be very mild uh, and good harvesting weather, not too sweaty and hot. The week after that, it may turn warmer. Right now, it looks like it get into the 90s by the 17th to 18th of July. But overall, no major weather pattern as far as rain and significant impact that way once we get through this cold, wet spell you've had the last seven days or so. All right. Well, that is very welcome news. Rufus Lalone with the Weather Cafe again at OVS.com. Go check it out. He updates it twice a week, Monday and Friday mornings. Rufus, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. You bet you, Dylan. Good morning.